This is New Japan superstar Clark Connors, the wild rhino himself, and you're listening to Wrestle It. Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your true hill phenom, SP3, reporting live from Ace Tech's headquarters as we have another edition of Ace Tech's, but this is a solemn edition of Ace Tech's. Because it no longer rains at Eight Seconds headquarters. We have no more rain. No one's going to make it rain over here. Because Kashika Okada is leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling. And I am here to discuss that and much, much more with my fellow Ace Techers. Of course, we have usually the most positive person of the bunch, the biggest NJPW fan around on YouTube, Twitter, around the wrestling world. She is Sanal. How are you doing? This is the thing. So if you think about it, it's actually been like a few weeks since the news. I don't know if we've spoken about it like I've spoken on True Heal Heat on my own channel. And now it's the start of February and we're bringing the pain back. I am the most positive person in the world. And so I'm going to quote Tanahashi. Was it, after the rain stops, there is a rainbow. I think that's what he said. He did. He, he did say that. He did say that. He, that's, that's a legit quote. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to channel the ace of the universe and try and bring some positivity out in this podcast. But obviously we are in a mourning process because, like you said, the rain is no more. No more rain, so we have to ask how the 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 best talker of the bunch of the Ace Techers headquarters here, your man over at Rest Things, he is NK. Do you have a do you have a more solemn like introduction for yourself? You know, um, morning process. No, I don't. I don't have any encouraging words. Um, you know, it's 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 this is a part of life. Guys, you know, you, if you've ever gone for a breakup where you thought you'd be with that person forever, you know, things, you know, you've had great times, memories. I remember, you know, Wrestle Kingdom 7, Wrestle Kingdom 9, Wrestle Kingdom 10, Wrestle Kingdom 11, all the way up to Wrestle Kingdom, what was the most recent one, 17? 18. 18. And, yeah. um, you know, so many memories, but, you know, sometimes... If you love something, you gotta let it. No, I don't have to let it go. Why do I have to let it go? No, no, no. Stay here. Stay, Stay right here. Yeah, I, I, man. I, this is I terrible, feel like man. Us and the NJPW fan base now knows how it feels to be the Oklahoma City Thunder back in 2016 when Kevin Durant left their their place to go to the Golden State Warriors because we are losing Kashiko Okada to one of two places that does not need him. No. They do not need him. And but we we have to also, you know, be on the positive side. We are happy for Kashiko Okada. We got the report first uh to kind of go through everything that got us to this place. Uh, it was back in December that we heard the report that Kashiko Okada would become a free agent in 2024. And, you know, there was a lot of buzz about that, a lot of talk. They said he was more open to having conversations with other promotions than he was in the past. Uh, then there was rumors that he had uh, actually acquired the services of 
famed wrestling agent, Barry Bloom, the same agent as Will Ospreay and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho. And now he was going to be representing Okada in his negotiations with New Japan and other promotions. A couple of weeks got passed. We had the big change of a new NJPW president, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Then a week after that, we get the report that Obari, the previous president, had a bad relationship with Okada and didn't see the value of Okada as the top star of NJPW. And one of the reasons for the change at the top of the president ace a uh, president ace of Hiroshi Tanahashi was his relationship with Okada in comparison to the relationship that Obari had with Okada a couple of weeks pass after that and we're thinking we're sitting pretty we're like oh Okada uh, Tanahashi's president we got nothing to worry about we just gotta get through you know Osprey he's leaving we go into battle in the valley battle in the valley a fantastic show arguably the best NJPW strong show that they've ever done big surprises like Jack Perry showing up from AEW you got great matches like Eddie Kingston versus Gabe Kidd Shingo Takagi and John Moxley arguably a lot of people's match of the year Will Osprey and Kashiko Okada and then, you know, Okada at the end gets really emotional with Osprey, thinking this is Os one of Osprey's final matches, the final time they go against one another. And then a week later, we get the news that Kashika Okada is leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling. It happened on a Thursday, folks, a Thursday at like 8 p.m. when TNA was hyping up the fact that Okada was going to be on their show the following week. At the same time, when Will Ospreay's going one-on-one -on -one with Josh Alexander, NJPW put out the, the vaunted, the feared, black, black background, white logo. You know it's always bad news. Someone's injured. Someone has passed away or someone is leaving. And this time, it was Kashiko Okada is leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling when his contract expires at the end of January. They made adjustments to the card. We got the Never Open Way six-man tag team matchup that was supposed to happen at in Osaka. It got moved up to the road to New Beginning. Um... He's now relinquished the NJ of the never open weight six man tag team titles after that defense against CMDK. He got very emotional in his farewell on the road to new beginning in Kurgan Hall. And that brings us to here and the now where it's still up in the air where Okada will go. We do know that it will come down to WWE and AEW. He has had talks with WWE and talked to people within WWE about the potential of how they work how it may work with him, how his deal is. He's talked to people with AEW. He has a strong relationship with the Young Bucks, with Kenny Omega. NK, I'll start with you. Breaking all that down, hearing all of that, where we are now, where do you see Kashiko Okada heading next? And then we can get into what this all means for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, because of the employment of Barry Bloom, um, who obviously negotiated Osprey's deal, um, is affiliated with the Young Bucks, affiliated with the Elite. And just because of the relationship he has, we, we all see the funny moments where Okada will put on um, the Young Bucks' gear. He's probably very close with them. And, you know, he's got, a, he's got a relationship with Tony Khan that we've seen. I just think it makes sense for him to go somewhere where he's already been 
You know, we've um I remember the first time he appeared at Forbidden Door. Heck, even the first time he appeared on Dynamite, the ovation he got. And the AW audience are a lot more familiar with Okada. But I have seen a lot of WWE fans like say, yo, we want Okada in WWE. And I was like, huh? When, when, when were you man familiar with? Do you know what? Fair, fair, fair play, fair play. But for me, I think AEW's um the most likely place. But again, WWE could definitely throw um him a bag because I think I've seen posts that he's interested in working the mania or something like that. But if I was to put money on it, I'd probably say AEW is the place he ends up. Um, and then just my f- overall feeling on how he got there. Listen, this threw me for a loop. I thought, okay, this was a power move, Okada. You know, you want to take it, you know. Unfortunately, I remember moves like this when I was in secondary school. Sometimes the students, you know, we didn't like a certain teacher. We'd start misbehaving in class, you know, especially the substitute teachers. And we get them up out of there. And then we bring the real teachers that we want, you know, and that's what we wanted, you know. Okada didn't like Obari. He got him up out of there. Uncle Tanahashi's in charge now. It's all peaches, roses, but no. It's all about the money. It's all about the money. Again, to continue with the relationship analogy. I was with you when you were broke. I was you. We were in the trenches together. I saw you when you couldn't, when you were having stinkers in against Yoshi, against Yoshihashi at Wrestle Kingdom. And then I've seen you become the man you want. What'd you do? What'd you do? You go leave. What? But because they're offering you more money. But because he's got nice diamonds, Tony Khan's a billionaire. Is that is is that all it takes? A little bit of money. Is that all it I, takes? I feel like with Okada, it's not the money, is it? Because obviously he's loaded. His wife, we cannot forget how loaded his wife is. Yeah. She is more yeah. loaded than he is. I think the thing is, this is why I'm not even like pissed off at Okada because this isn't about the money. This is like, it's about him wanting like a chain. Like he's done it. We have done it. He's done basically everything in New Japan. And also Osprey, more money. I get it. You know, he's getting family. Okada doesn't need the money. Do you know what I mean? He's not there like, oh, I'm leaving New Japan because you know what they're not. But he deserves the money. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world. He He should be. And the yen went down in in Japan. Like, it's just just the circumstances. I think he's just put, like, it's time, isn't it? Like you said, the yen's gone down. He's done so much over time. And his contract's ended. I guess everything just all came together. And it was like, oh, well, I mean, if there's any time to go, I guess now is the best time. But yeah, no, I agree with NK's analogy. We were there for you when you're at your worst. And now when you're at the peak of your career, then you leave. It's the same with Osprey, isn't it? When he's at the peak of his career and then he's going, bye. He's leaving the ones who who created him. We are the ones who made him. And then he leaves. Especially with the Osprey one, um, it's like Osprey. Remember, there was the whole thing about who's the gaijin that's gonna replace Kenny Omega, and that was a debate for years. It was like, okay, it's JY, it's so on and so forth. And then within the last two years, Osprey finally like came into his own and was like, I'm not, I'm not the Kenny Omega replacement. I'm Will freaking Osprey. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and people like he's now regarded as the best wrestler in the world. And then just at his peak, it's like, well, guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see you later. And it's time to go get paid. (laughs) Gotta go get paid. I mean, I I can't be mad at them at all. I can't be mad because both of those guys deserve to be paid at a high level. But 
it then kind of opens up Pandora's uh, box with this whole decision for Okada to leave New Japan Pro Wrestling. And if his decision ultimately is to sign with AEW, how does that look to the AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling partnership? If another guy, if Okada of all people decides to leave New Japan to sign with AEW, Sanal. Yeah, so quickly, what would be quite funny, though, is, you know, obviously, Okada and Osprey had that really emotional moment at Battle in the Valley. Oh, bye. And then next thing, Okada's like, oh, hi, Osprey. But Osprey said that in his promo. He said, he said, you might be working at the same place I am. Um, I mean, yeah, I've, I've, I'd have lost track of the amount of times I've talked about this unequal relationship. And um, I, it was, was it on here or was it on True Heel Hugh? I compared it to, like, a Tony Khan being a kid in a sweet shop. And that literally, like, if anyone wants to hear it again, basically, Tony Khan is a kid in a sweet shop who's got his dad's money and he's going around. Like, and Tanahashi is behind the sweet desk. He's the owner of the sweet store. The sweet store is New Japan. And Tony Khan's going, I'll take that one. I'll take that one. And he's getting ready to leave. And Tanahashi's like, You need to pay us. And in, this means you need to give us equal amounts. So give us your big stars. Make it thing. And then Tony Khan goes, yeah, just, just give me some time. And then puts a load of IOUs on the table and then walks out of the sweet shop with like Okada, Osprey, Osiopen, Jay White. And then he's outside the store just laughing at, ha, 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 you're not getting anything back. That's that's the nature of this relationship between New Japan and AEW. Tony Khan is taking everything, giving this false hope to New Japan, and then basically just going, eh. What one day, one day I'll I'll return the favor. Oh, I think, for I think, I think you are looking at this relationship the wrong way. What this relationship really is is Tony Khan is in bed with New Japan, right? They're in a relationship. <laughs> They're in a relationship. Tony Khan has got all the money, so he's paying the rent. He's paying the mortgage. He's playing for the food. He's playing for New Japan's clothes. He's playing for their outfits. And then, yes, if there's a there's a package that is dropped off at the house and there is things in the house that they and you want to and the relationship's gonna be ending, there's gonna be some things in the house that stay here. So they, they feel comfortable, they like how they're being used, and they're gonna stay here. So despite New Japan going back to Japan and you know staying in their own house. Some of the things in the house. The couch stays here. Will Osprey. The the, 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 the the nice little chandelier that you just brought that you've been taking care of for a decade, Keshiko Okada, that stays here as well. Um, okay, I appreciate that you compared Okada to the chandelier. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, the, couch is, the mo- is one of the most important things. That's why I said Will Osprey. Chandelier, pretty, luxurious, raining down. That, yeah, that's, that, that's Okada. So, so I, I know what I'm doing with these analogies. You know, the knife and cutlery set. Yeah, that's Jay White. He's staying here as well. Um, <laughs> the, knife the knife and cutlery. The cutlery is the knife pervert. <laughs> like that. That's gonna stay here. It's because AEW can offer more to these guys. It. Right. Yeah. It's not gonna look good from the New Japan part of this, but there's really one thing that they can do to kind of offset that. 
start paying these guys. Like, like that's it. And I know, I know that's easier said than done, but that's that's why they're leaving. That's a, it's not it's not any dirty kind of oh, he's using his partnership to do here. No, it's these guys are free. What am I gonna do? Let them go over to WWE. SPZ, you're saying this. You're saying this to me as a just a sole New Japan fan. Of course I'm going to be bitter towards Tony Khan. If anyone's been listening to this podcast for the past, I don't know how long, they'll know I'm bitter towards Tony Khan. So you going, oh, oh, but your analogy is makes it, I don't care. I don't I care. So, to know. me, Tony Khan is a little spoiled kid with a lot of money in a sweet shop, taking all of my New Japan talent and not giving Tanahashi anything in return. I will stick by that. Okay, so my, my question to you then in, in response to that is we heard the report and NK, he, he, he'll probably laugh because I'm bringing this up. Monthly uh, Russo, uh put out a report saying that Okada was in talks with WWE and could potentially start in NXT. Hearing <laughs> so that report. Hearing that, I know exactly. I'm like, I had to, I had to preface that because we are a, we are an audio podcast, so I knew that I knew NK's NK's facial expression would make Sadal laugh. So I had to preface that in, in advance. Um, knowing that report and hearing stuff like that, oh. would you rather Okada go to WWE or AEW? I mean, I mean, of course. Like for me personally, like. I, I, I shit on Tony Khan. I really I do I watch I watch AEW whenever they're in New Japan people. So you know what? If it is the sense of oh they're going, why don't they go somewhere where it's the easiest for me to watch? Of course AEW is the better option, you know? It, AEW have sent people over to New Japan. We have the joint forbidden door shows. It's much easier to access. So of course, but I'm saying in an ideal world, SP3, I wouldn't have to talk about this. In an ideal world, Okada would still be in New Japan. So don't ask me, would I prefer him to be in AW or WWE? The answer is, I prefer him to be in New Japan. <laughs> That's simple. That's the simple answer. Okay, so so what we're really saying is that the deal was, okay, AEW gets Jay White, Kashiko Okada, Will Ospreay, and New Japan gets Jack Perry. NK, <laughs> how do you like that trade? Um, I don't think it's a great trade. But remember with the remember with the Jay White thing, it was heavily like speculated that he was going to WWE, and I think he would have been in WWE had Vince McMahon not come back. That's just my theory. Um, but yeah, it's listen. I don't want Okada anywhere but Japan. Like that. that, that he, NK, see, NK, he is on the right. He's not saying what's better. He knows what should be the real reality here. How like, but if my ideal scenario would be, hey, you know what? All right, Tony, go. Tony goes to Tanahashi now and be like, hey, we'd love Okada for about six months. That's just you know six months. He's he's over in the states. He's doing whatever, you know, just doing dream match after dream match, and then we just give him back to you. You know, just load them, just Okada have a nice little you know six month vacation, and then. You go back to Japan. That's what I would want because I do agree. Okada, see, Okada does need something different. However, him in the States is a tricky proposition. And SP3 alluded to this. Both rosters do not need Okada right now. And that's not to say that Okada isn't a star. WWE got their own thing going on with Cody, The Rock, whatever <laughs> is going on over there. It's a lot. And then right now in AW. We haven't even introduced Osprey yet. 
And already we've got Swerve Strickland, Hangman Page, Samoa Joe. We got Adam Cole waiting um in the wings to be um recovered from injury. We got MJF who's gonna be play a be a factor in the division. And now you want to add Okada to the title. And picture? Kenny Omega's out. And Kenny Omega's out. And then you've got guys who we feel should be pushed even more, like Kodosuke Takeshita, where it's just like Okada is amazing, but there's two things that could happen in AW that will annoy people. Either you shoot Okada to the title, which will piss off a lot of the um, goodwill you've built with Swerve and other stars because you feel like Okada's cutting in line, or Okada doesn't really do much for a year. And that's going to annoy people because they'll be like, why the hell did you sign up in the first place? So it's, I'm not going to say it's a lose-lose because you don't lose something with Okada, but it's a thing where they don't need him per se. If this was 2021 AEW, 150 million percent, you do it. But now AEW are like in the in the rebuilding process and the rebuild's going well, but it's like, ah, I don't know where you fit. And in WWE, listen, the history, the history of Japanese wrestlers in WWE is there. <laughs> Listen, I was there. I was an active Monday Night Raw, Friday Night SmackDown watcher when Shinsuke Nakamura debuted in WWE. They built, they they literally had the blueprint to capitalize of AJ Styles and Nakamura. The Wrestle Kingdom match was there. It was only like a year or two removed from that. And they fumbled, and then they fumbled, and then they fumbled. I don't trust Jab- WWE with American wrestlers, let alone <laughs> Japanese. True, it's true. So, yeah. yeah, I know what the lesser of two evils is for me personally. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think we are all in agreement that AEW is the lesser of two evils. And I know there's going to be WWE fans who may, who may decide to listen to this and might get upset and be like, "Well, well, they're they're pushing Shinsuke Nakamura." Uh, they are they i mean he's just being presented better he has not won a damn matchup uh since his whole presentation they say that always being pushed back but really the bar was very very low so like any little like you said has to be any little improvement and the wb fans are like but it's so much better no it's because the bar was so incredibly low before the bar was in the center of the earth and they just put it above on the floor that's all they did (laughs) <laughs> like, like that's all. That's all. Really, Triple H has had to do with a lot of his booking is just do what makes sense, and it's a lot better than what we were getting previously. But Shinsuke Nakamura is still not where he needs to be for me to be confident for a Kashiko Okada to go over there. And I think that yeah, there is like some things that will benefit from Okada going to a WWE. The pomp and circumstance, the the WrestleMania matches, and he has a, a litany of dream matches: him versus Ilya Dragunov, him versus Gunta, him versus Seth Rollins, him versus Roman Reigns. The list goes on and on with Okada, whether it be dream matches in WWE, dream matches in AEW, but I just feel more confident that Tony Khan is a big fan of of Keshiko Okada, and the two things that Tony Khan knows how to book is people that he's big fans of and legends. Look at Sting. Look at Samoa Joe. Look at CM Punk's booking. Not what he did backstage and how he got injured, but look at his booking. 
they'll all three of those guys have had tremendous booking that washed away their previous runs in WWE that weren't great booking. So I think that Okada will be good as long as they book him like the Brock Lesnar of AEW. He needs to be the final boss of AEW. You you build it up where people are trying to fight to get everybody's challenging Okada. Like they do a number one contender to first Okada. That's how it needs to be. Yeah. I think I think the thing is with that is, and that's it's almost to like Tony Khan's detriment is that he has booked these big names that he likes so well, and it almost comes at a detriment one to like the smaller talent, but two it links to what we're talking about of how like AEW do not need Okada, in the sense that Tony Khan, I'm not I'm not going to dwell on the fact that there are a lot of smaller names that really are not getting it because oh, like. Tony Khan keeps getting the big names. But because Tony Khan is bringing these big names and then keeping them on this high pedestal, especially if he likes them, it now means that in other companies, you don't really get it, but the top of the card is too stacked. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like you have it, 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 I mean, I mean, this is something that WWE was bragging about for months. For months, they were like, look how many stars we got over. Look how many over baby faces we got. All it took was a big scandal with Vince McMahon, Brock Lesnar being off of the plans, and CM Punk being injured. And that they, they switched that up immediately, and they was like, oh, let's put the panic button. Rock, come in. We don't have that many over baby faces anymore. So, yeah, like, we could say right now that, yeah, it looks real stacked with AEW. All like how this wrestling news and how this wrestling world yeah. goes, all they need is one injury, and I would think that yeah, Okada is really needed now because like that's how <laughs> it is with both of these major companies. All they need yeah. is one major injury, and their whole main event scene falls apart. Yeah, I I, I totally hear you, but then again, with just AEW alone, it's just like it's a lot, and even. It's just, I don't know how Okada fits in right now. Like, how do you book him? He should be the Brock Lesnar, sure. But when Brock Lesnar debuted, he went straight for the title. And it's like, I thought... No, that was the, well, not straight for the title. He went, um, he won the title within his first year, no? Yeah, yeah, he did. I'm not talking about Brock Lesnar 2002. I'm talking about oh, Brock, Brock Lesnar 2012. Where okay. you just go, you go after the top guy, and uh, I don't know who you want to call the top guy, but I would, I would say like, I would, I would de probably debut him either at Revolution or after Revolution, and whoever I think that whoever is going to come out of this triple threat between Joe Hangman and Swerve, one of those guys is going against Okada. I think that's Okada's mm. first feud. He needs it's, to it's go right directly for one of those top guys, but not the world champion. Whoever's the world champion. That's gonna be in his. That's gonna be way, way down the road for Okada. But he needs to go after one of the top guys. I'm gonna say, like, as as someone who obviously was starting watching New Japan in like 2018, I'd love to see Hangman Page versus Okada. It's like, yeah, it's like, that would be phenomenal. It's just like it's, it's like what I always talk about, like when I'm there, the Forbidden Door shows that I want to see Hangman face Tanahashi just because of how like. And then, fact, like Hangman's G one before he left, and like Tanahashi was like, "I want to suck the poison." I I love seeing that where you can like look back at a time and go, "Oh, they wrestled then," and then see them now, and like that's what I want to see. Like obviously, the new ones like Swerve and Joe would be great, but I kind of for like a selfish reason, I want to see like Okada face the guys who are in New Japan. Do you know what I mean? 
and yeah. that that works on multiple levels because if anyone out of those three guys that I named is Mr. AEW, it would be Hangman Adam Page. Like you said, it's a totally different Hangman Adam Page than the one he faced back in 2018. This is the main eventer, former world champion Hangman Adam Page. And as well, it would be a callback and them delivering on a matchup that they teased before because if you remember, before the first Forbidden Door, the fatal four-way that became the IWG World Heavyweight Championship, it starts with Hangman challenging Okada for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. And then a week later, Jay White beats Okada, and then we get all these other people in it. But the whole start of that, the what made that matchup at the first forbidden door is Hangman challenging Okada. Yeah, yeah. I fool, I fool it. Okada should go for Boxley. I think Mo- I mean, that's a big name, too. Yeah, I think obviously, you know, you capitalize, you could easy story. You know, you beat my boy Danielson at Wrestle Kingdom, so on and so forth. You know, um, correct me if I'm wrong, have Moxie and Okada had a match? No, yeah, they haven't had a match, they've avoided each other the whole time in New Japan. So it's like, hey, and Moxie's a name where right now he's Moxie's in the point of his career where he can take losses. Yeah, I think the Hangman Okada right now, I think they're trying to reheat Hangman. True. Um, so I, I like Hangman and Okada is probably a match I'd do like all in or something. Or um, but a Moxie versus Okada, it's there's clear history there. Both of them are New Japan talent. So you do that match, Okada gets his win. And like I said, I, I wouldn't have Okada touch the title until maybe like revolution of next year. Cause I my bet is that Will Ospreay wins the title in 2024. I get, I could see that. And the reason, speaking of of Osprey, the reason why I didn't bring up Moxley is I think Moxley's first in Osprey at Revolution. Okay. So Dude. I wouldn't, I wouldn't just use Moxley to bring in both New Japan guys. Yeah, so that I makes sense. Do, yeah, I would do, I would do him and Mo- and him and him and uh, a Moxley and a Moxley and Osprey. You don't even need time on TV to tell that story. Like the story's already been told. They wanted that match at Wrestle Kingdom. You're just yeah. doing it in Greensboro. Yeah. So, uh, but we gotta, t- of course, guys, talk about now the third promotion in all of this, Parololi New Japan, who is now left without their top gaijin, Will Osprey, without their number one star in the promotion for the past decade, Kashiko Okada, and their main event scene, Woof, Woof, with the loss of Osprey, Switchblade Jay White, and Okada in the past year. Our main event scene is now our IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Tensuyo Naito, the former IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Sonata, Shingo Takagi, former IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. I'm saying he's a main eventer, but New Japan doesn't always treat him like that, but I'm, I'm going to say he's a main eventer. He's, he, and, he's a main eventer of our hearts. <laughs> and and uh, Hiroshi Tadahashi. Hmm. That's your main event scene because I would I I can't even I can't even make I can't even make the argument for Zach because they don't treat him like a main eventer and he's not a former world champion so I can't I can't I would say he's on the fringe he's on he's on the bubble he's right there they just need to give him the right amount of wins right now and maybe that starts with what we'll preview and do predictions. I was gonna say I feel like that show what we're gonna talk about that is gonna be like is gonna set the precedent of what New Japan is gonna do with him. I feel like that is the moment where we're like, ah, New Japan see him as the top guy or they see him as a consistent guy. 
you know like i hate to, i hate to clump it in because people are gonna say it's negative but like clumping with the guys like goto and ishii you know the ones who can always give good matches yeah. a solid like mid carder maybe can do the top main event ones but never at the peak again that's not offense to like goto and ishii and all them i love them but you know what i mean like yeah the guy that they're just gonna they just rely on for very good matches but will never pull the trigger yeah, and that's that's kind of what I feel like they view Ishii and uh, Shingo when they when those guys should be probably main eventers at this point because of the uh, law so, oh, so of all this top talent. I say this, so yeah, we always say Ishii, but I kind of think I don't know if because I read something and like I was like, oh, that makes sense. For me, Ishii, he's an amazing wrestler. Does his character work as a top guy? Mm. Yeah. I yeah, see. I, don't, I can't see it. I see that he works as like the oh, I hate that the alternative champion. You know the one like because it's like one of the dark horses and do you know what I mean? But not in a night. I don't. I don't think you have to be a champion to be a main eventer though. Yeah, yeah he could. I could see him as a global heavyweight champion, and that's like that. You're basically a main eventer at that point. Another person on the fringe at this point is David Finley because they keep trying with him. Not because of any choices by me, but they keep the company keeps trying with him, so he's right on the bubble. With hey, uh, you know why? You know why? They valued, um, you know, loyalty. He's been there since he was a young lion. I understand, but it's just like, come on! I, I have to put him in the same conversation as Zack Saber Jr. That's kind of ridiculous. But yeah. uh, NK, what do you feel about New Japan Pro Wrestling right now? The state of the company with Okada's departure. And of course, like what I just went over, the main event scene with the so, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling right now. So my thing with New Japan right now, since the pan since the pandemic, 2020, we all said felt felt like the season finale of like New Japan in terms of like night of finished. Every, everyone got their storylines wrapped up in a nice little bow, and then the pandemic hit, and I'll cut them. So it's like the pandemic hit, not new, not just New Japan, but Japanese J Japan as a whole. However, like we said, there were chances not only to push guys like Shingo, but there were chances to push new people. And coming out of the pandemic, you had a crop of young guys coming back. You had, obviously, um, Kato Kiyomiya come back. You had um, Ren Narita come back. You had... Um, why is his name? Shoto Amino. Yeah, Shoto Amino. Um, yeah, and then Yota Suji, that's it. And then... Um, you failed to kind of pull the trigger with them because yeah, I all and I always go back to this and it still baffles me today. Why didn't Shota Umino beat Will Ospreay? That is an opportunity to establish a guy and put him on a bigger pedestal. We did nothing with Kai Kaito feels like a more of a new Japan talent than a Noah talent at this point. It's just the way yeah. he's always on the show. And we, also, I think the way he's also taken Oiwa and how they've linked that. As yeah. Well. But like we we haven't referenced the Okada um Kaito match. We haven't elevated these guys to diff um to higher positions. I always go back to this when Okada debuted in New Japan. He beat Tanahashi in like what 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 was his second match? Yeah. In his second match, when we wanted to elevate Kenny Omega, what did we do? We had him beat Tanahashi. We New Japan. When they want to, heck, we see it with Jay White. When New Japan want to elevate a guy, they don't waste time. 
they get the ball rolling immediately. And then right now you have the crop of guys where I'm not saying these guys should have won IWGP heavyweight championships, but at least put them in the feud of Okada. You you had Okada. Okada had the uh, I'm an old man, I hate I hate these little little kids gimmick, and it went really nowhere. It went nowhere, and there were a lot of guys that you could have elevated in prominent feuds that you chose not to, and now you're reaping the consequences of that because now it's like Okada's left and there's no infrastructure around him. The reason why um in 2016 when Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles left in the same night. The reason why New Japan were fine because they had built stars underneath that. Kenny Omega was doing amazing things in the junior division. So when he turned on AJ Styles, we were there. When it comes to the chaos faction, yeah, Shinsuke Nakamura, Shinsuke Nakamura was doing great things. But Okada, you just literally elevated Okada that night by having him beat Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom. So you'd created you created an infrastructure where Okay, yeah, two top guys can leave, but we've still got talent underneath. Now, I know AJ Styles and Nakamura leaving doesn't quite reach the same impact as, Oka I know, as an Okada leaving, but New Japan haven't created the next guy yet. We're just going off potential. With Shota Umino, he hasn't done anything, if we're being for real. He, we've got a lot of potential, he hasn't done anything. Yota Suji's got a lot of upside, but he hasn't done anything tangible. And... Now it's like you've lost Okada. Okada isn't probably losing to any of these guys. So you've got to like fast track and reheat a lot of these new guys without the benefit of them pinning established talent because Atanahashi is not there. They're not going to pin Naito because he's the champion. So who who are these guys going to get wins off of? I love Shingo Takagi, but you, you haven't treated him like a top guy. So if a Shota does beat a Shingo, it's like, okay. Cool. Like, so I think obviously this is unfortunate, but New Japan failed to prepare for the future. And with like with anything in wrestling, people come and go, but you have to prepare the next crop of talent. And we kept reverting back to the status quo. Yeah, we had the evil title reign. Yeah, we had the Okada um Sonada title reign. But how many we've what Naito's champion now? Okada has been champion how many times since the pandemic? status quo we haven't moved forward and that's why we're here and that's why the main event scene looks so puzzling because the building blocks haven't been put in place because they didn't do the work a year before it's like it's like you you walk into fifth grade you're 10 years old but you took fourth grade off but you just you still got promoted to the next grade but you don't know, you don't know your geometry. You don't know anything that people learned in fourth grade. That's what, that's where New Japan is at right now. Yep. They got a whole bunch of kids that don't know what two times two is. They know what two plus two is, but they don't know what two times two because they ain't learned their multiplication tables. And you, you bring up Will Ospreay and Shoto Amini. I'm sorry, dude. That was late into the game. I'm going to go back and people going to be like, people listening to this show for the past year are going to be like, oh my God, he's been saying this for six months. Yes, I'm going to keep saying it. Yoda Suji's debut was the chance. Yeah. You had the, you had it in your hands of let's make the next guy where there wouldn't be no confusion right now. We all would be saying, oh, Okada's gone. Yoda Suji's about to get his spot. 
because they brought back Yoda Suji, had him beat Sonata, go on a long title reign, main event Wrestle Kingdom, face Naito, give Naito his big his big opportunity, his big moment with the roll call in the main event, but he's still, he's a bona fide main eventer right now. Yeah. We're not saying that because they blew it right there. That was that was the beginning of the end for New Japan to get in the state that they are. It all checks back to there because what happened after Dominion? They announced the brackets and the blocks for the G1, which was another fucking fumble. Of you said it, you said it yourself. Okada versus the kids was the best rivalry in New Japan, and he put Okada. In a block with Will Ospreay, Tai Chi, Tamata, Tangaloa, and put Sonata in a block with Ren Narita, uh, Shoto Aminu, Yoda Suji, Gabe Kid, and it's like, look at their both of those records. Sonata goes what five and zero, six and zero. Okada goes five and one. So you're saying, if I if they had just listened to me and just swapped those out. Okada, one of his losses would have came to one of those kids, and they'd be in a lot better position too. Oh, that that would have been great. Yeah. Sonata, Sonata going undefeated against a whole bunch of kids did nothing for him. Sonata going undefeated against Will Osprey, Tai Chi, Kenta, all these guys that are established talent, that would have meant something for him. Okada losing to one of the kids would have meant something for them. Everybody would have worked out. Nothing would have changed with the G1 at all. I kept the same records. They could have made it to the same rounds, and everything would have been fine, and we would be in a much better position. Between Dominion and G1, they fucked the whole year, and we're in this position. Yeah, they did. They really did. And it's... Now it's now like, like I said. Now it's like, I want to. Say, it's near crisis mode because now you've got to believably heat a lot of guys up that I believe are should be there, but you haven't shown me they're ready yet. Now New Japan Cup looks like okay. You have to do something there. I better not see anybody over the age of thirty four make it to the final. Like I'm, I'm, I'm. We we need to revamp this whole thing. We need to revamp this whole thing. And oh, we talk, we, we spoke about the AEW relationship. I wouldn't be surprised if phone calls are being made and be like, "Hey, can we borrow Danielson again? Can we borrow Boxley again? Can we borrow you know? Because that's what's gonna need to happen." And I feel like a yeah. good way to fast track a lot of these guys is, and it's going to be a hard conversation. Tony, I need one of your guys to take a couple pins for my boys. Just so we can manufacture some heat. You know, you know, I, I mean, get, listen, well, listen, if you want us to lose that forbidden door, fine. We could do that. Yeah, I can sweep uh, us, but I'm gonna need Moxley to lose to Shoto Amino. Like, yeah, tomorrow. I'm gonna need that. I'm gonna need that favor. I'm gonna need Shota to beat Jungle Boy. I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need a few favors because that's what we need right now. Heck, he's that's too. What we deserve. That's what yeah, we deserve. Yeah. Heck, Hiromu's too small. I know, but we're desperate right now. You know, put on a couple pounds. You know, see what you could do. I'm not on the faster. Yeah, see what you could do. We need we need something because what we got right now, I like how you fail failing to prepare. You fail to prepare. 
it's like they've been telling you, hey, it's, it's, it's like, hey, it's like you live in the house. The roof's been broken for, for a while. Well, you know, you've been living in um a drought. So, you know, it ain't been raining. It ain't been, you know, I'm like, I'll fix the roof later. I'm telling you the roof's broken. Ah, I'll fix it later, man. We're good over here. Thunderstorm. Oh, shit. Um, I should have fixed the damn roof. And now, and now, the and now your bed sheets are wet. Now the floors, the floors are damp. There's mold. It's just nasty. And now you gotta renovate the whole house. You gotta spend hella money on an issue that could have been fixed so long ago. Yeah, yeah, we're at that state. So, so now, like you said, you're 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 good at uh, coming up with some optimism. What do you think New Japan has to do now or what they should do to rectify their current situation without Okada? I mean, I agree with everything saying this. They, they say failure to prepare is preparing to fail. And I think the problem comes <sighs> New Japan felt safe. They were they, they especially because we're talking about like the Suji shock and things like in the G1. At that point, they thought they were fine. They probably thought Okada was still going to be there, that Osprey. And in a sense, like, I don't blame them because at that point, everything did seem very secure. And I, I guess... Mean, not to me. You had just lost Jay White. You needed... You didn't have I anyone like who was filled White in that very obvious. Like, even for me, as the biggest Jay White fan, even before the pandemic, and especially during it, I sort of knew. And then, obviously, he obviously got married and things. So things seemed a bit more obvious with Jay. Um, we've all said that the thing now that they need to do is now they need to, in the past when they were elevating stars, either they did it very quickly or obviously it was a quite a long transition. Now they have, and you both brought up the new Japan Cup, they have a matter of like a month or something to get their heads down, think of a long-term thing and pick out who they're going to have as stars. Like... Um, I know SP3 has always said this thing about Suji, and I guess if they knew what was coming, that would have probably definitely been a thing. Um, it's it's one of those things that, like, to get a title win on, like, your debut match back, they would have had to have so much confidence in Suji. Maybe the confidence that they didn't have at that time. And, like, again, that's not... I don't think that's a bad thing, like, because... You know what? I can imagine New Japan probably wanted to do something similar with Shota. Remember, when he, Shota came back, they did give him opportunities, and he just didn't reach it. And I think, and I'm not putting the blame here on Shota, but I feel like Shota's return, and the fact that they probably, God, had this massive, long, and huge plan for him, but we all admitted when Shota came back, he didn't live up to what we thought. He was cosplaying Tanahashi and Naito like there was no other identity he could take. And with something like that, when Suji came back, and think about it. So Suji was in RevPro and CMLL. So you don't really know his, like the impact that he would have on fans compared to maybe if he would have been on AW TV. That makes sense. So... Yeah. Again, not blaming Shota, but I feel like maybe that could have been an issue there. Now, what New Japan has got to do is they've got to realise after what's happened with Okada is they are never going to be safe. 
so they always at the back of their mind Gato now has to have a contingency plan for everything and everyone he has to look at everyone on that top level and go right if this person goes we've got to do that this person goes we've got to do that so they don't get to another point where they are now with Okada and they're like shit okay we need to do something quickly everyone get their heads together yeah kind of what they did with the Gaijins in Bullet Club they with Bullet Club there was always a contingency Devitt's leaving we got AJ right around the corner AJ's coming right in. The the same show as David's final show. AJ comes in. Then AJ and, and Nakamura leave. They elevate uh Kenny, who had been the top the top heel in the juniors, and they elevate Naito, who did the heel turn the year before. That's what they did. The whole elite leaving to start AEW. They just elevated Osprey and Jay White and Kota Ibushi. I feel like we're in a situation though where they didn't do the work before to that there it's not just the easy thing like it was the last two times. The last two times, like you like I said, Kenny had been the top heel in the junior division. So it was easy for them to be like, hey, let's see if you can work in the heavyweight division. We have confidence in you now because we gave you the shot in the juniors and you proved yourself. With Naito, he went to Mexico, did the hell IJ heel turn. They had already been trying with Naito, and they just had to kind of give him that final nudge when Nakamura left. And they he was able to fill that spot. With uh, Jay, with Koto Ibushi, he won the G1 the year before Kenny yeah. and them left. So the work was already done. Jay White was the top heel in the company before the elite left. Their work was already done for them. Will Ospreay was the top ace in the junior division before they ever left. Like, the, the three musketeers, no matter as much as everybody is saying, those are the guys you got to elevate right now. That's not the quick the quick solution like those guys were. I'm yeah. sorry. Oh, I, I, I hate to tell you, they're a long-term thing. The quick solution right now is Shingo Takagi and, and Zack Sabre Jr. That's yeah. what they need to do. That's what they got to focus on these next two to three months. Mm-hmm. And then the next year is about getting the, the three musketeers up. And you always... on. I think that's the thing. Like when you were mentioning all the names where there was backups, most of the time it was Gaiko Kujins, it was the foreigners. And again, in the past, that was normally the thing of like, I think it's obviously aside from like, we have like uh, Nakamura leave and then Kushida and stuff. There was always someone building it. And SP3 is exactly right with the sense that as much as we're praising these three musketeers, they 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 weren't an Okada. They didn't have that impact that the comp- to give the company the trust in them. So now, yeah, as much as we're saying that the future is, you need to bring in the already established stars, whether Shingo or Zach, or like, obviously, we, like NK alluded to this, people like Kaito Kiyomiya. Do you know what I mean? The ones who are already established big names. I, I think there was, was it, was it Nakajima who's left Noah? Yeah, Nakajima left yeah. Noah. Yeah, he's so in, but he's in all Japan now, though. He's yeah, but like, do you know what I mean? Like, there was, there was like things of like taking names that are already known. Yeah. And I think. Yeah, if if Okada hadn't have suddenly been like, guys, I'm leaving, like I feel like they would have had time for the New Japan Cup to build up the Three Musketeers. But, they but gotta, yeah, they gotta just go for it. They gotta stop pussyfooting. That's what the New Japan did the last. They, they, don't, they, oh, they were they, don't they, didn't, they didn't know about Yoda Suji from Red Pro and CMLL. So no, they didn't know about Okada when he was in TNA. 
They didn't yeah. know if Okada was going to yeah. do that. I, I, I alluded to it earlier. Okada's first match back from excursion stunk. It, it was bad. Yeah. Yeah. That would have that would have erased any confidence I had in him. Like if that was his first matchup, Yoda Suji knocked his debut yeah. out the park. That's why they should have went with him. But yeah. that but that was his debut match though, wasn't it? The title one. There was no like match before to even sense it. And I, I said that, and I've said this at the time because I know SP3 will continue. And I like I get his perspective. You have got to have so much confidence in somebody to give them a title on their first match. They, they Gato had it tw- 12 years ago with Okada, and the time and, to and do it again last year. But that was what that was one person. They've not done that. And for someone like Suji, it's it's a, such a big risk. Do you know what I mean? And like and I and I'm gonna say it again. Shota is to blame because they probably brought Shota back thinking, right, we can bring this kid back, elevate him, and he flailed. And um, he's getting much I mean, better he didn't now. Fail. Or... He had one bad performance. One bad performance. Yeah, and no, even with Shota now, and even with Shota now, he should have. I we've got David Finley as champion, right? But in my personal opinion, he should have. If they knew at that specific time, Osprey was out, right? They knew that Osprey was on the way out. So, my thing is, Shota should have beaten Osprey, then headed to Wrestle Kingdom and beaten John Moxley. Already, right then, you've elevated the new title. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got a storyline there linking with, and there's something there with Moxley and Shota. Exactly. All right. And even if you you wanted that matchup for, you know, Will to be in. Shota should have been the third guy, not not David Finley. David David Finley is literally in that matchup because he's the heel. That's I it. mean, I'm gonna we're probably gonna mention this when we talk about the new beginning. <laughs> but after the show today, and this is um this is February the fourth, and Finley hit a promo. <laughs> I don't know why. Whenever Finley tries to hit a fully heel promo, like I laugh, and that's not a good thing. No, of course like, not. Like of course when not. I like. If, like if you see Gabe, or uh, even someone like Adrilla Maloney, when they hit promos, albeit their like Midland accent isn't like the most intimidating, but like it's believable that they are like like the. Do you know what I mean? They're the core of Bullet Club. <laughs> to me, Finley still feels like a cheap version of Jay White. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I think that's never gonna go away from him because his look is too similar. That, and that's... his bullet club. I I still stand by this SP3 that if you're gonna turn Finley heel and you're gonna try and make him the heel of the company, it should have been miles away from Bullet Club. Why did the War Dogs have to be the Bullet Club War Dogs? Hey, they've really? done him a disservice. Look at the lineage of Bullet Club leaders you've had, and now you've got Finley. I, hey, I'm he's the first ever global heavyweight champion. Put some respect on him. I'm a Finley supporter. I have a C-Block championship. I have a David Finley shirt. I've always been a Finley supporter. But he just doesn't work in the context of Bullet Club. Well, they are, they're going to try. They're going to keep trying with him. And he is one well, of the stars. Okay, okay, you try. You try. We will... When everything goes horribly wrong with that, and you, like... Oh, just links with the whole Bullet Club needs to get sorted out at this point. <laughs> uh we we shall see they are one of the def, definitely david finley is one of the stars they are trying to 
build around with this new era of New Japan. And of oh, course, we be. will. And he could we'll talk, be. We'll talk more about that, though, after the New Beginning Tour, because we will get more semblance of where New Japan is at after the New Beginning Tour is over. Uh, very quickly, any uh, thoughts about Battle in the Valley? I mentioned it earlier uh, in the show. We had uh, Jack Perry making his first appearance for NJPW, ripping up his AEW contract, laying out Shoto Aminu on the show. You had the the uh the great brawl between John Moxley and Gabe Kidd. Uh, Sorry, Julia... can I just point out that match? John Moxley. So I'm gonna say Gabe Kidd, great Okan. John Moxley's bringing out these matches that I'm like, God damn, these are great. John Moxley and Shingo Takagi, man, that was that was a magical, magical matchup. This that is why is... we book Shingo. You see, you see, you see. Listen, we. And in the shit, listen, this is why Shingo is my guy. We, we give praise to John Moxley, but, but this is John Moxley's domain. This is where he lives. This is where he breathes. Shingo, I saw Shingo Takagi wrestling in jeans. Oh, that in was a life changing. That was a life-changing moment. And this guy, I'm telling you, Gato, New Japan, it's now or never. If I don't see Shingo, in like be treated with the respect he deserves. I'm giving up. 2024 okay. is now or never. It's ultimatum time, and I'm not talking about the Netflix show. We <laughs> are talking about Shingo Takagi, a former IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Put some respect on his name. Can I just say something that I like? Kind of links like the past few New Beginning shows, and I don't know how NK because obviously NK is the biggest Shingo Takagi advocate. The teasing of maybe Shingo going heel with Lij, I wouldn't mind I'm... that, but I think that, that that's not going to be possible. Yeah. I, I no, just want to let I want I want to let New Japan know Lij Lij is never going to be heel in Japan. They yeah, are, they're it's, too, they're it's too, popular. too over, and I think they're it compromises over. Shingo's work as well. Shingo working yeah. at the heel, his moveset is just too explosive and dynamic for it yeah. to like get heel heat like who's gonna boo a pumping bomber <laughs> yeah like yeah I, I don't see it like someone like uh ishii i can easily see his his character becoming like a heel in chaos in general i can see them becoming yeah that would actually help them but i have laid out since we brought up battle in the valley and touched on it very shortly have laid out the booking for new japan pro wrestling for this year that accomplishes all the goals that we have set out of elevating the two guys that are ready to be main eventers and elevating the three musketeers or at least the ones i care about okay, so, can someone can someone please make sure you record this and send this to gato at gato hates kaito kiyomiya at newjapan.jp there we go all right so first uh new beginning you got to have Zach beat uh, Brian, Brian Danielson. That has to happen. Uh, also, David Finley's got to beat uh, Nick Nemeth, unfortunately. Uh, and, uh, yeah, don't don't have Matt Riddle hold the New Japan title. Uh, but, okay, now that New Beginning's out the way, we'll move on to New Japan Cup. New Japan Cup, it needs to be won by Shoto Amino. Shoto Amino winning the New Japan Cup <laughs> this year. Against in the finals, 
Ren Narita, his rival. Ren Narita is going, <laughs> yes, Ren Narita. You have Ren Narita beat Shingo Takagi in the semifinals of the New Japan Cup to go to the finals who and lose to Shoto Aminu, who beats Zack Sabre Jr. to get to the finals. And then you do Shoto Aminu versus Naito, a better matchup than what we got last year at New Beginning, but Shoto Aminu comes up just short. Yeah, Naito. Uh, Naito. After that, he could face, you know, it'll very somebody at uh, Wrestling Duntaku. Maybe yeah, like, a, yeah. oh God, please no, please no. Whatever. If you heard what he just said, do not do that, New Japan. Please. But NK, NK, we're just erasing that from like everyone's brain. Just, just let it leave. Let it go. All right. He's gonna verse someone at that's the only part gay though. Is he's like, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> I. That's what I fear. I fear that that's name the only like, part right, he heard. That's the only part he heard. Uh, but at Dominion, Naito's gonna drop the title to who? Zack Saber Jr. Zack Saber Jr. wins the IWGP. World Heavyweight Championship at Dominion that brings us into the G1 season. In the G1, Yoda Suji beats Shingo Takagi in the finals of the of the G1. Going back to Dominion, though, also at Dominion, I think Shingo Takagi beats David Finley for the Global Heavyweight Championship. So you got the Global Heavyweight Champion losing to uh, Yoda Suji in the finals of the G1. To set up Suji. Wait, are we saying that Finley's keeping it for that long? Finley's keeping it until Dominion. You, it's a, it's a new title. You got it. You got to Got to at least establish it for that long. But Shingo's gonna be the one. Shingo's gonna be the one that beats David Finley. Then Yoda Suji wins the G one. But then Naito's gonna beat Zack Saber Jr. at Power Struggle to win back the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. So I am also accomplishing something else in my goal to make something fucking interesting happen after the G1. Mm-hmm. It's been so long since we had a major title change after the G1. So that's yeah. why I did that. I have Zach winning at Dominion. He goes throughout the summer, goes to the G1 as the champion. He can even have a title defense at, Destru- at Destruction. So he has some title defense under his book. He can even defend it at Royal Quest in, in England because that's in October. And then Power Struggle, he drops it to Naito to set up Naito versus Suji, the main event of Wrestle Kingdom 18 that we should have gotten. We're going to get it at 19. Mm. And look at how much I with all that booking you have put over uh, Shoto Aminu by him by him going to the New Japan him winning the New Japan Cup. We've put and Ren Narita because he made it to the finals. We've put up Shingo Takagi on two occasions of Shingo Takagi making it that far in the New Japan Cup, then winning the Global Heavyweight Title, then making the G One final. We put over Jingo Takagi. Now he's an established main eventer. Zach gets a world title title reign. He's established main eventer. And Yoda Suji wins the G1. And we have something interesting that happens after the G1. I just booked the year better than Gato has booked any year of New Japan since the pandemic happened. True, but couldn't but 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 tiptoe tiptoe Gato conservative Gato would. It's never going to do any. It's of this. never going to book three title changes in the year. <laughs> it's true. Hey, it's only two. Oh, 
two. True, two true, for the title. True. He did that last year. Last year was two two title changes for the top title mm. as well. And the year before that as well. Yeah, he always does two title changes. So yeah. I'm well, well, this would be three. This would be three. So this so would be So basically, guys, one anyone who wants to send this to Gato, you're gonna need to clip NK's comment out though. Just He's only gonna hear NK's part. <laughs> evil versus Night. If we get evil versus Naito at Duntaku, um. I am yelling <laughs> on that episode. Gato, oh, I they make that match. I listen, am yelling at NK. Listen, no, but that happens. That means Gato actually watches this. Like he actually listens to this every every month. Yeah. Hi, Gato. Gato, um, I hate you, but run me my money. But yes, let's go over real quickly the road to new beginning as New Japan has started their first tour for 2024. And this is coming off the heels of the news of Kashiko Okada. We had uh, the new beginning in Nagoya, which was headlined by Evil defeating Tamatanga to become the new never openweight champion. Sanal, any thoughts on your favorite wrestler, Evil, becoming a champion again? <laughs> the thing is that we all, we all, we all joke about this, right? But there was a time when Evil was in Ellos and Gobernabes de Japan that I used to say that Evil was my spirit animal. So by keeping teasing me like this, it makes me mourn for the Evil who might not have been the best wrestler, but you know had the most badass gimmick. You know he would come out with the big scythe, and honestly, like that was badass. Don't don't you know don't bring back those memories. Uh yeah, it was a match. Um interference. I'm actually kind of glad that because that wasn't Tama's last match, and they basically teased that they're gonna have a god versus god because that would be the shittest way to go, wouldn't it? That being yeah. your like big statement match before you leave versus evil. Yeah, thank god they 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 announced that god versus god match like damn i felt bad for tom i was like all these years yeah, with new japan and they gave you evil he put an amazing match on our wrestle kingdom against shingo and then oh by the way you're leaving that, that was a punishment you're leaving here's evil here's evil you're gonna drop the title to evil how does that sound they're like oh no i won't leave fuck that um <laughs> Uh, but yes, that was uh, Nagoya with Evil becoming the never openweight champion. Then we had back-to-back -back shows in Kurgan Hall on the January 23rd and 24th. Uh, the first show was headlined by El Desperado retaining the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship against Yoshinabu Kanamaru. Can I just say, can I just say something about that match? Because everyone was hating on it. But actually, when it comes to House of Torture members, that's the most wrestling I've seen out of one. Like, it took a solid, like... 10 15 minutes before there was interference, so more like, like more like just short of 10 minutes, but yeah, yeah, you know, what I mean, it felt like much longer than any other house of torch might. So, I'll give them that. I'll give them that. Well, there you go. Uh, okay, staying positive, staying positive. I, I, I do appreciate that. Uh, NK, I will ask you about the following uh show that was a little bit more noteworthy as you had Okada, Ishii, and Tadahashi making their final defense of the never overweight six man tag team titles in an excellent trios matchup against CMDK. A great performance by Kosei Fujita, as well as you had. 
Shoto Amino defeating Ren Narita in the main event. Your typical House of Torture matchup, but they did have the Hontai G.O.D. members come out and even the odds leading to Shoto Amino getting the win there. What did you think about the second night in Kurganal? So Okada ain't going to do no jobs on the way out. Like, <laughs> like, 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 what's going on? Like, I, listen, I'm not, I am never someone who advocates for Okada to lose, but considering the man's leaving the company, you know, I think, and Team DK are the team. If not them, who? Yeah. Who? House like, of Torture. Oh, God. <laughs> They're going to dominate the Never Division because, NK, you put it out into the system. You put oh, it into the atmosphere. God. Not when TMDK are right there. It's set. Listen, like like SP3, SP3 just put um Zack Sabre Jr. as champion. Why not have them as never open weight champions? It, it all makes sense. If you're gonna elevate Zach, elevate the faction. So I was surprised. I didn't expect Okada to take the pin, but the fact that he's like, no, I'm not even losing. I was like, bro. <laughs> I was like, that sounds Hulk Hogan-ish. Maybe he might be going to WWE. That doesn't work for me, brother. But, um, yeah, aside from that, um, Shota Amino versus Renderito. Listen, these two have impeccable chemistry. I saw it from the G1 match they had um, last year. Um, these two got great chemistry, but it's a house of torture match. So, you know, shenanigans, chicanery, foolishness is going to ensue. <sighs> I'm just looking for. I'm just looking to see what the landscape of New Japan is, and even another group who I'm looking um, at very carefully is United Empire. Without Osprey, I'm gonna see how they think, how they function. Do we elevate Great O'Carnington, like um, the leadership position? Do we introduce some new members? Because it's like United Empire, are cool little, are cool faction, but it's like, oh, like you've taken out the biggest chess piece, and United Empire aren't a bullet club, where it's like, oh, just replace them with um, another Gaijin wrestler. You could anyone could be in that position, but it's just about who, and now elevating them as a top guy. I think that's what, but I think that's what they're doing with this. I think they're testing the waters with this whole um, bullet club versus Empire stuff that's going mm. ahead of the steel cage match, like. They've got so many different stories going on to maybe test it. So in one sense, we've got Callum Newman, the, you know, the United Empire Union. They're pitting him against the big heavyweights. Then on the other hand, you've got Okan with the um, KOPW title. And then Jeff Cobb's injury, which I'm still probably, I think that they're playing with something there. But then the big thing is everything that's going on with Akira and TJP. TJP technically out of all of the members of Empire, has the most um, experience. And he had this story with Akira, I don't know if anyone is watching it, is actually, I am obsessed with it. It is the small things with everything that is going on since before Wrestle Kingdom, with Super Junior Tag League, and now bringing it with the rest of the members. Like, Akira is so young, but he is playing his part in this storyline perfectly. And I think it's this... So today's match, so the junior match, and then what we'll see in the steel cage match will be the defining moment of the Empire. And I'm excited for that. Yeah, 
I think that we're going to see a big uh, shift as far as wherever the Empire is going to go, as far as who's going to be the leader and what direction they're going to go in the Steel Cage matchup, which we're going to preview right after we go over the last show for us to go over from the road to New Beginning, which was from February 4th, like uh, Sanal mentioned, Kurgan Hall. Oh my God, before we even talk about that junior heavyweight tag team matchup, we got to talk about Gabe Kidd versus Hanare Sanal. The man, those two guys went out there and stole the show in a hard hitting wild brawl throughout Kurgan Hall. You had Gabe Kidd flying off of the balcony trying to jump at Hanare. No, he's but it didn't work. I know, getting caught with a punch in midair. Uh, you had the hard chops, hard slaps. You had them testing each other, throwing the Anoke spirit. Uh, you had uh, Gabe Kid getting on the mic saying that he it's his. He runs all this shit, and that Anoki, you're welcome. Uh, yo, it was a straight real up, men. straight real up, men. Real, real fucking grabs, and the match ends with freaking Anare just throwing that big noggin of himself right at the jaw. Of Gabe Kid after Gabe Kid done knocked him out already, and both men having the double knockout to end the matchup. That was one of the oh, best Gabe. matches a Kirkin Hall I've seen oh. in such a long time. It's different when you oh. see a great match in Kirkin Hall, it's different from anything else in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And this was one of those times, and I felt like both guys felt like they came out of that match a whole lot more better, a whole lot more elevated than they went going in. Holy shit, like, um, I'm, I'm always a bit reluctant with, you know, these, like, faction on faction, single match, single match, single match, because sometimes they just, they can tend to be quite, like, easy to predict, because you're like, oh, well, this is going to happen, and if this happens, this happens. So after um, Okan beat Coughlin, I was like, oh, well, then shouldn't Gabe beat Hanari? That's like, what's going to happen? No, thank you, New Japan, for giving me the kind of draws I want, the kind of draws that I deserve, like... I, I said this on social media. I've watched Gabe from when he was in the UK. As soon as I started watching New Japan in 2018, that was when Hanare, I think he'd just become like a fully fledged member of the roster and he was flailing. And to see them from where they were then to now, like the child, the crowds were, I can't get my words out. I'm still not over this match. The crowds were chanting for Hanare. Then they were chanting for Gabe, who then flipped off the crowd when he found out he was getting cheers. And I'm like, this is professional. This is strong style. Two guys that at one point were very much under the radar. You won't see them as superstars stealing and in like stealing the entire show. Like from like the nuances, from like <laughs> even like the style of match Gabe could go, I'm a madman, you know. And everyone's like, we know Gabe. Hanare <laughs> basically being like, bitch, you think you're a madman? Try me. And then he levels, he matches that madness. Because Hanare has always said this. He's like, he always said, like, Gabe, you think you've come from the rough streets? And then like pointing out, like, no, I have. I've been in those dark alleys. Cause like the game from Wolverhampton on Birmingham, does he count it as? Like he's yeah. like not exactly like the streets, do you know what I mean? Like, he's <laughs> coming out. So now I was like, you think you've had it rough? And this match was literally like the crowds were going mental. Everyone on social media was going mental. Um, amazing. Amazing match. 
Uh, NK, I know you are a big Gabe Kid fan. You've talked to him in the past. What did it? What was it like? I felt like this was his best new in Japan, New Japan Pro Wrestling matchup. Yeah. Listen, Gabe Kid is a monster. He's an animal, and this is what I want to see. Just this match was adrenaline. It was testosterone. Like I said, <laughs> real men just fighting. Just fighting, like uh, this is what we love to see from Gabe. And it, you know, the David Finley comparison have been like, you know, beat to death. But this is why it exists. This is why. And you know what? I've kind of walked down the perch of him necessarily being leader. I don't think Gabe Kid might work as a leader. He's too erratic. But yeah. he's the star of the group. He's the he's the Batista. He's, He's the, the one that, oh. that, that is going to lead the group and become a main eventer instantly. And that's, we, we say top gaijins. It's him. It's Gabe. It's, it's Gabe Kid. He's the one where you build him as a top guy. And the thing I like about Gabe, right, compared to, like, all the other Bullet Club top gaijins, he presents something different. I feel, not, this isn't as a disrespect. A lot of the Bullet Club leaders of the past are just technically um, um, very great wrestlers. Gabe Kid's good, but he brings that just sense of urgency, that animalism, that that just rough around the edges feel to Bullet Club that we haven't had in a long time, or quite frankly, to the same degree Gabe brings it. There's a there's an air of unpredictability when it comes to Gabe Kid. So, yeah, man. Um, I can't wait, man. I can't wait to just see what Gabe does this year. Gabe's another person where it's like top guys and I see that in within the next two years, man. But um, wasn't there like a rumor that Gabe's contract's up? All of the yeah. war dogs. All, all, of the, war all dogs. the war dogs uh, contracts was up at the end. Retain of all of them. You got to retain... Anyway. You gotta retain all those guys, Hanare, or like even commentary. Uh, Chris Charlton was like, "However much you gotta pay them, New Japan, you you pay them because those two guys, like they gave us uh, something akin to Ishii versus Makabe or Ishii versus Shibata. This was like a never open weight golden era uh, matchup between Gabe Kidd and Hanare. And can I say, like, I love TMDK, but you don't remember that." Uh, match between um, Nichols and Hanare. Do you remember that? When they almost got to kill each other. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like Nichols should have watched this match, and that that this is how it's meant to be done. Yeah, this is how you do it. And no, and at no time did I feel like the people in the ring were gonna die. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I rather watch in a very physical, hard hitting matchup where all the shots are clean and not directly to the skull of the other person. I, I enjoyed this. I feel like this match had you on the edge of your seat, but not in the holy shit. Like I'm genuinely worried. Do you know what I mean? Like you knew that yeah. everything was on, and that like goes to show the experience of like Gabe and Hanare. Like I think someone said it. Hanare doesn't get enough credit. Like He's this man put on a five star matchup with Shingo Takagi last year. Then he gets this great, this fantastic matchup with Gabe Kidd. Hanare is another guy that they could get behind, and he could be like a stalwart for the never open weight division. And and the thing is with Hanare, it doesn't just come his wrestling; it's his story. He started as a young lion. He went through the system with the 
the four musket well the three musketeers and Umara. He, unlike the others, he didn't go on an excursion. And so that led him to his natural place in Taguchi, Japan, where he was flailing. He was being he was teaming with Makabe and Honma as like part like a third member of GBH. Then he took that stand, moved to um United Empire, and turned up his style. He is the perfect example of how, and similar to Naito, I guess, that a single change is enough to do it because suddenly the crowds were going like were supporting him much more than they ever did as part of Hontai. Very true. Very true. And then finally, in the main event from February 4th, you had uh, the Bullet Club War Dogs, Drilla Maloney and Clark Connors regaining the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships from Catch 2 to Francisco Takira and TJP. Another great matchup on the show. Uh, really good effort from both teams. A lot of action in this one. Balls to the wall action back and forth. In the end, it was uh, the Bullet Club War Dogs just overcoming uh, TJP and Akira. Despite Akira and TJP using everything in their wheelhouse, the 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 blood of uh, the blood colored mist uh, at one point while they broke when they broke up the finisher. But in the end, it was Akira who took the fall. NK, what do you think about the? title change putting the titles back on the bullet club war dogs they also attacked the united empire ahead of the steel cage matchup next sunday i don't mind it obviously i thought catch them two were gonna have a longer title reign but i think this just establishes that bullet club war dogs are just gonna be a predominant force throughout the company um i think francisco akira and um, tjp will be back at it again i thought this is just going to be one of these feuds that kind of like sets the division um like up where it's going to be like just a back and forth, a back and forth, a back and forth, um, consistently. But um, I was very shocked. I was like, damn, he, these guys didn't even get much of a run with the title. But you know, I love Clark Connors and and, and Dan Maloney. I think them two just work perfectly. So it remains to be seen. Um, I kind of want to see the rest of the division um get fleshed out a bit more. But um, those two are, are clearly like number one and two in terms of like where they stand in the division. Yeah. They have a great chemistry with one another. Another great matchup in their uh, series of matches. I think that, you know, the whole story, like uh, Sanal's been talking about with Catch 2-2, as well as this loss here, I feel is setting the stage for Akira and TJP to be in the same block in this year's Best of Super Juniors. There has to, there has to, I think that there's something going on with Akira that, and like I was saying, you know how we are talking about the leader of the Empire. This is going to sort of, maybe showcase the direction the empire are going in Do you know what i, mean? I think like, i think like watching the video package before this matchup it made me feel like they are positioning tjp to be the leader that's why like, that's how thinking. he's gonna make his change to either the open weight or heavyweight division is him becoming the leader of uh united empire and you know what's so funny i was talking with someone on social media about this after the match and I think we were getting too into it. Like, obviously, it's a story. And they're like, oh, but Akira's like, he's been too much of a coward. Like, and, but Akira is I mean, no, no, no. Let, 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 let's be real, Sanal. That finish did not look make no. Akira look good. Like, he's no. on the top rope, and all he sees is a fork. And he gets scared. And literally, the commentary are saying, he's scared. And I was like, well, yeah, kind of. I don't Akira think it's like that. A like, dump. 
<laughs> what, what my thing is coming from it, and like I think it's generally not the fork itself. I, it wasn't the best. It is what that fork represents, the sort of the change. So like Akira is very young. He is the one of the youngest on the roster, and this strays from everything that he ever thought pro wrestling was. The fork, I think, is just sort of the cap on it. We've seen in the past few. He's like, "This isn't what I signed up for." In the post match, he's like, "I don't think I can do this steel cage match." And it's the contrast to the other members of the empire who are going, "I don't care if we can't do it. We're going to do it as a family." And Akira finding those doubts, even in the backstage comments today, TJP was like, "I don't care if I." And similarly, at the end, you know, when the Bullet Club were beating up, and the first thing TJP did was get on top of Akira. And he said in the post-match comments, he went, I don't care if I have to get on top of someone like to protect you. So it is now, I think the biggest story, rather than this fork scaring him, it is now a conflicting view for Akira of his own personal safety and what he wants to achieve from pro wrestling to this route that the Empire are going where it's suddenly no longer like, he said in the backstage comments, like, tjp was like i'm, I'm like i'm going because i'm digging into this quite deep tjp was like there's sometimes more to life like that this loss is just a simple loss like we've got more to think but akira was like but this was a loss for me saying how akira for him this title was everything but for tjp and the other members of the empire it's more personal with the bullet club whereas for akira it was just he just wants to be champion even when tjp was teasing like i can do junior and heavyweight that made Akira doubt TJP's loyalty to the team. So yeah. is Akira now suddenly doubting the Empire's loyalty to him? Like, is it suddenly now the not everybody's opinion matters because they are willing to put Akira in a situation he doesn't want to be in just for the sake of, like, this feud? It made me, it made, it's making me think that Akira might turn in the steel cage match. I, I definitely think that. I think, obviously... There's two routes. Akira can either snap and he can go down this very extreme route or he will snap in the way that he's like, no, I can't do this. He will freeze and then we will see him go somewhere. It's going to be a make and break for Akira. And then, like I said, this is why I think the steel cage match is going to be a huge moment for the future of the Empire because we will see what route they go down. We shall indeed, but we got to finish up this edition of Ace Techers with our preview final predictions for NJPW New Beginning in Osaka. We'll th probably throw in the predictions for the major matches for Sapporo because we'll be back with you at the beginning of March where we'll talk about Osaka, the two shows in, Os in Sapporo, and whatever other crazy news happens in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Sanal, let the people know before we do that where they can follow you and your YouTube channel. Yeah, so you can find me on YouTube, Sonal's Life. Um, we've had a bit of a slow time. It's been a, I've been a bit busy for a few weeks, but we're coming to new beginnings. So I'm going to be back. I will be doing previews, reviews, everything under the sun. And you can find me on social media at wrestling underscore chat. Of course, I'm here on Ace Techers. I am on True Heel Heat. You can find me anywhere and just keep Keep a watch on my social media because you will know where I am. NK, let the people know. Yeah, you can find me on restings. In fact, if you want to hear my immediate thoughts of Okada leaving, um, I did a live stream with one of like one of the best pro wrestling historians, Graps Knowledge. Um, that was like literally the day of Okada leaving. So there was a lot of mania, there was a lot of like just you know 
the first the, the first stages of grief um being seen on that on that episode right there. But yeah, follow restings for some good new Japan content, some AEW content, and some WWE content. There is a there is a video out the video essay on our channel. Um, Okada to WWE. I was not a part of that video, but you know, if you want to see, you know, some WWE fans talk about their opinion on Okada, that is on our channel. Uh, that's me. I love him. I love him. Justifying. That was not me. Uh... <laughs> yeah, no, no, but it's still a worthwhile video. Check it out. Yes, yes, definitely check out Rest Things. They do great content over there. So Nal's life as well. You can check out me and uh, my channel. A lot of my work is over at True Heel Heat Wrestling. So Nal's been over there. NK's been over there. Uh, we do New Japan content as well. We do reviews. So we'll have reviews for New Beginning in Osaka as well as New Beginning in Sapporo up on the channel. So Nal will be joining us for a couple of those as well as our previews for those shows. So go over and check that that out subscribe to the channel we just hit 12,000 subscribers so ha- uh, help us out hitting our next goal which is uh 20,000 by the end of uh this year so help us out with that next goal and we would be very grateful for all of that but check out me at true hill sp3 for all my other work written and content but let's finish off this whole episode first before new beginning we have a couple of news notes that we can kind of just uh, chuck about real quick because we have two big re-signings from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Tokyo Sports announced that Hiromu Takahashi has re-signed a new deal with New Japan Pro Wrestling, while Yoshihashi has revealed that he re-signed a new Whoa, deal with Yoshi New Hashi, Japan Pro that's, Wrestling. That's, that's the future of New Japan right there, Yoshihashi. Hot take incoming. If- <laughs> I thought if Hiromi wouldn't be the person I mind leaving New Japan. I wouldn't mind him leaving. Not because I don't want him anymore. I think there is a lot for Hiromi to do outside of Japan. And I felt like he's the person... One, I feel like it would force the um, junior heavyweight division to move forward in a way that isn't the same as like... I don't think the junior heavyweight division is in crisis. The way the heavyweight scene is appearing to be with the with the leaving of Okada, um, and I don't see them pulling. I don't think they're ever going to pull the trigger on Hiromu as a heavyweight wrestler. So I think Hiromu. Look, I'm not saying he should leave, but if there was one, like if you were to say, okay, name one top New Japan star to leave, and I think the division would be decent without him. I think Hiromu, and I think Hiromu could do a lot of like good things here and there. I, I you're, think you're, you're alone in that book with really? me. I don't I don't think really? that at all. I think like like you took a Romo from that junior heavyweight division. It's Desperado and the Pimps. You like, got you got Desperado, Master Waters, there. Desperado, you couldn't even get that out your mouth without <laughs> with a straight <laughs> Hey, he won the best of super juniors. We still didn't say he made it to the grandmaster. So I, I'm did. Sorry. I did. He's, I did. He's not number three. He's not number yes, three in this division yes, behind Desperado and Hiromu. Okay. He's is number he one in my heart. I got to ask you a question. Is he still number three if Leo Rush comes back? Yes. No, he's no. not. Yes. Is, he, is he still number three when Speedball Mike Bailey visits? Yes. No, he's yes. not. 
Um, okay. is, he, is he still number three when Teton makes the plane from Mexico here? Yes, yes, Okay, but okay, outside the master wall, you've got you you've got yo. Uh huh. You got yo. You can do something with show. SP3. because that case space. He said he said yo and then paused. Like like uh, I don't know. If I, said... <laughs> I was do you know what I was expecting? Like, yeah, like, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm realizing how weak this argument is. Stop hating on everyone, SP3. No, do you know what is we could okay with okay with the junior division, right? I'm not gonna pretend like we've got finished articles. But there is there is a lot of guys which I've been saying about the Univision. There's a lot of guys. Please show show your. There is a good wrestler there. There is a great wrestler there with a good character with a very good insane character. It's time. I feel like the 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 junior heavyweight division just needs a kick. It needs it needs de- put it this way. The desperation booking we're probably going to see from the heavyweight division probably needs to be sprinkled into the junior division as well. And you know who's going to do that? Fujita. I think mm. that's what they need because they've they've teased it. They've said, Fujita said, I want to be the youngest ever IWGP junior champion. He's got, I think, did he say until Dominion or after Dominion? Give him the best of super junior win. Have him be Desperado. There you go. Hey, I, I wouldn't mind that. I'm a big fan of Kosei Fujita, and he, he put in work no, against Okada. He put in work against Okada on January 24th, so I, I'll give him some love. And then one final note before we preview uh, New Beginning on Osaka. There's a ch- new champion in New Japan Pro Wrestling, but it's not a New Japan title, as Satoshi Kojima has defeated Alex Kane for the MLW Heavyweight Championship at MLW Superfight on February 3rd. You are happy, and I'm sure you're going to have a lot of bread to celebrate. Right, Sanal? This is this is what I am saying, right? You know what? Satoshi Kojima, they put him with the New Japan Dads. He shouldn't be with the New Japan Dads. Satoshi Kojima isn't to be fair i say i say that new japan dads um yuji nagata had a great match against uh brian, brian Daniels, yeah so sorry and, and Minoru, Minoru suzuki killed yeah. it against adam copeland so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna put bad on the name of the new japan dads. satoshi kojima is phenomenal he is like you compare him and i i know like there's other guys but they're normally junior so it didn't. compare him to tanahashi and his condition Satoshi Kojima is like miles ahead. He is in perfect shape. Yo, hell, give him an IWGP title reign. I will not say no. I mean, he he put on a better match uh, at Forbidden Door last year against CM Punk than Tadahashi did against MJF. Mm, so definitely. That says it that says it all right there. But yeah, that's all the news and notes from around the new Japan world. But let's get into our Final preview for NJPW New Beginning in Osaka. Despite two more shows happening, two more major shows in Sapporo on February 23rd and 24th. This is by far the biggest show on the New Beginning kind of uh, calendar, the schedule, because of the big time matches that are going to be on this card. So we're going to go through the top matches on this card, starting with. 
the greatest rivalry in New Japan pro wrestling history, reborn one final time under the New Japan pro wrestling umbrella. Hiroshi Tadahashi goes one-on-one with Kashika Okada. Are you going to cry, Sanal? And who do you think wins? Obviously, I'm gonna cry. I mean, I'm not an emotional person. I'm not. I'm not like. But I will. I will cry through my words and tweets on social media. Um, I think at the fact I would have said Okada, Okada, Okada. But <laughs> two things: Tanahashi's a champion, and Tanahashi's president. So I won't put it past Tanahashi to have him beat Okada. And I also think that will obviously lead up to whatever matches Okada has in the next two, because they could either have him win all three matches and basically go out like fuck you new japan i'm still the best or have him lose all three matches so i'm actually gonna say tana just I'm because gonna I think he's gonna lead to the next two matches and you're just gonna lose to those people as well i'm gonna agree and i think tadahashi wins this one and it's been a, it's been so long since tadahashi beat okada hmm. yeah who you got nk i think tanahashi man he's gotta take some pins man Okada card is leaving. He's got to take a juice. He's got, you know, he's got to do something. Got to put over the the young upstart talent, Hiroshi Tadahashi. Yeah, man, your prospect. You know, never heard this guy before, man. Never heard of him. Yeah, he could be the star. He could be the ace one day. So you know, he could become the president of the company. Um, six match on the card: IWGP Tag Team Championships. Why the hell are they doing this twice? I'm, you know what? I genuinely got confused because the first match they had, I thought that was the title match. I, th- I thought that was it. I thought I thought it was for both titles, but apparently that one was for the NJPW Strong Openweight Championships. This one is for the IWGP Tag Team Championships. It's going to be El Fantasmo and Hikaleo versus Kenta and Chase Owens of Bye. the Bullet Club. NK. Bye. Why? Um... El Fantasmo and Hikaleo uh, retain, man. Nah, uh, respectfully, I don't want to see Chase Owens near a title. <laughs> the only title Chase Owens needs to have next to him is Mister. That's about it. <laughs> so, no. <laughs> Mister Chase Owens, the only title. <laughs> I'm going with the G.O.D., obviously. <laughs> you broke Sanal. <laughs> He's gonna go off camera and everything. <laughs> the setup was great. That was setup <laughs> delivery. <laughs> oh, God. Uh-huh. Yeah, God for the win, obviously from all yeah, of us. Yeah, God for the win. Wrestle Dream rematch is going to be the rematch of the greatest technical wrestling matchup I've ever seen and a match that you could see NK right now getting very upset that people don't value as much as he does. Brian Danielson goes one-on-one with Zack Sabre Jr. in Osaka. Oh, man, I can't wait for this matchup. Sanal, who do you got? ZSJ, Brian. President, the side, the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, the vegan Hydra, the sober noodle of New Japan. It is Mr. Zack Sabre Jr. Also, if anyone, what's quite funny, and this is this is only going to be interesting to people in the UK who watched the new series of Gladiators. There is a female gladiator called Sabre, and all I can think of when I see her is Zack Sabre Jr. 
There's always there was the, there was always there was always a male gladiator named Saber too. Yeah, yes, yeah, female now. No. So yeah, so, that, I don't know why I threw that in because I watched it last night. Uh, Zack Saber Junior for the win. It's gonna elevate him to get that IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. NK. Um. Yeah, my Zack Saber Junior. Technical wrestling. You know, real like you know for the, for the guys and girls who appreciate technical brilliance this is this is going to be um the one for us i think that's Saber junior wins it's just going to be weird seeing brown that's brian danielson tapping mm-hmm. or if he does tap he's not he's not brian danielson loses to zach saber jr with the zach driver because we will still have the element of neither one of the guys can beat the other with a technical Ooh. wrestling move or submission. Zach can always say, Brian, you only beat me because you had to throw a strike. And then Brian can say, you only beat me, Zach, because you dropped me on my head. So you set up a third match, which is just a submission only match. Bingo. Ah. Submission matchup. For Not forbidden third. door. Forbidden door. Yeah. Yeah. Book it. Book it. See, we're booking for all the companies, even AEW. You're welcome. Uh, And then finally, it is the Steel Cage War. United Empire, represented by Francisco Akira, TJP, Hanare, Jeff Cobb, and in his final match in New Japan Pro Wrestling, Will Ospreay to face the Bullet Club War Dogs, the IWGP Global Heavyweight Champion, David Finley, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champion, Shirley Maloney and Clark Connors, Gabe Kidd and Alex Coglin. Who do you got here, NK? Who wins this war between United Empire and Bullet Club War Dogs? War Dogs. Real dogs. The War Dogs, we do it. You know, like, like they, they, they're going to hunt. They're going to hunt United Empire like the pack of wolves they are. You know what I'm saying? They're going to wrap, they're going to circle them, hunt them. <laughs> War dogs, yeah. Who you got, Sanal? And Kate breaking me <laughs> again, again. He's <laughs> broken me today. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I have had the war dogs as well. I think it's more their forte and everything that's going on with the United Empire with the confusion. And I think also, I want to see what's going on with this whole Jeff Cobb injury and Okan. There's much more psychology going in the Empire, and Empire losing is going to... They're the faction now that has the most to lose. They've lost Osprey. They need to start, and I think the loss is what's going to bring the rebirth of a new Empire. I am going to go different, and I'm going to say the United Empire get the win. Get the win. They have a nice moment after the match where Will Will basically is... um, what is it? Is it? Yeah, he's Peter Pan, and he's making one of the kids the leader of the of the kid crew at the end of Hook. He's Robin Williams, and he's gonna give it to the to the fat black kid, and he's gonna make him the leader of the rest of the kids, like that ending of Hook. And it's gonna be probably Francisco Akira, the new leader of United Empire. Imagine that! I love Akira, but that to be. To be fair, if you're gonna push the new generation, might as well start with an Akira. Might as well. And he Mine is phenomenal. Well. Yeah, Francisco Kira is amazing. Oh, yeah. Callum Newman. They're really building mm. Callum Newman for like a very strong. I think like, he's going to be in the best of Super Juniors. 
Mm. I think he's going to be in there. Uh, and then we got Sapporo, which is going to be. Question, this is a random question because I've been thinking about this. When was the last time there was a faction with a, a junior as the at the helm, apart from Taguchi Japan? Bullet Club. Bullet Club. Devitt. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, like aside, but like recent years, there no, hasn't been. Recent, there? Um, no, 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 no. no. Mm, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Uh, but yes, you got Sapporo on February 23rd and 24th. The 23rd, you're going to have El Desperado versus Show. That is non-title special singles match. But then you have a title match as it's going to be for the Never Openweight Championship following uh, Shoto Amino's win over uh, Ren Narita. It was Tama Tonga who basically put the battery and shooters back saying that he wants him to beat Evil for the Never Openweight Championship. So does the start of the Ascension of Shoto Aminu start on February 23rd. NK, the shooter beat evil. No. No, uh, no. I don't think shooter beats evil right now. They just gave evil the title. And honestly, uh, Sh- Sh- Shota's uh, ambition should be above the Never Open Week title. So it's the building block. You have to start somewhere. Uh, nah. Nah. Let evil have this one. <laughs> Let you have this one. I I don't think like if show us never open champion, I think he's gonna be stuck there for a while, and I don't want that. So I'm I'm, I'm playing chess right here. I'm making strategic movements. I'm sacrificing show right now, you know. So later on, he can you know, you know it's you girl cards. You sacrifice, send them to the graveyard, and then you revive them back. Monster reborn. Nerd reference over there. But yeah. <laughs> so now, what do you think? I, I mean, I kind of appreciate NK's reasoning, but um, it's it's the it's the never title that thing gets hot potato more than I've ever seen any title get hot potato. So I see Shota. That is fair. I am also going with Shooter because I've never root for Evil to win anything. Not, um, not since not since he's hit, not since we're moving to the Bullet Club in like twenty was it 2019? I don't think I ever rooted for him even when mm. he was with LAJ. For the NJPW World Television Championship, Hiroshi Tanahashi defends against the original bro, Matt Riddle. Sonal, your face says it all. Tanahashi, don't don't tell me they spent a year building up the title with Zack Sabre Jr. just for the ace of the universe, the ace of our hearts, the president of New Japan, to lose to Matt Riddle. If they do, I don't know. I mean, they haven't done anything to build this matchup. Like, like we haven't That's even got Somebody told Tanahashi. They booked this before Tanahashi was president. And he, like, you know, when the VT is like, I don't know who that is. Tanahashi's yeah. like, I'll do it, but I'm not, I'm not giving a shit about it. I've got other things to deal with. I've got a match with Okada. Don't, don't make me think about anything else. Yeah, he's thinking about that right now. NK? Um... Yeah, Tanahashi. Um, eh, ain't nobody trying to see Riddle. No, 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 no. Um, no. Mm-mm. And then the main event is for the IWGP Global Heavyweight Champion. It's going to be David Finley defending against the Wanted Man, Nick Nemeth. Nick Nemeth. Who do you who do you think wins? Nk. It's, I'm here to show the world. Well, he doesn't want to have that interest. He won't have that interest anymore. But um, as much as I want Nick Nemeth to win, they they are very invested in David Finley. So David Finley is probably going to win. But you know, to shake up the boards, to ruffle a few feathers, 
my heart picks Nick Nemeth, but unfortunately, um, you know, my brain picks um David Finley. You said that so begrudgingly. Um <laughs> so now I'm I'm gonna go with my heart, NK. I'm gonna take the tw- the the girl in 2016 who started liking wrestling and was obsessed with Dolph Ziggler. I'm gonna say Nick Nemeth for the shits of it. It's not gonna happen, but you know what? I'm gonna go for it. Man, you became a, a fan of Dolph Ziggler in 2016. I mean, no, that's when I started watching wrestling in general. Oh my god, that's crazy. Yeah. I, I was already I was, I was already over uh, Ziggler by then. No, he had a he had a good he had a good feud with Miz. I was like, I was like 19. (laughs) That was it. Yeah, I was only like 18 or 19 when I got into professional wrestling. There was so much apathy when he was chosen to be Dean Ambrose's first challenger for the WWE Championship. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That same year. But no one remembers that because the Miz feud after was great. That's what what people think 2016 was this great year for Dolph. But... (laughs) Uh, I'm very excited to see him in a New Japan ring. I think he's been doing great work with TNA, but he feels more like a TNA guy than a New Japan guy. So, yeah. Yeah. 24th is pretty simple. The main thing that they're advertising for that show is the best of five series between LIJ and Just Five Guys. So now you've been watching these Road 2 shows where they seem to do a Just Five Guys versus LIJ five-on-five match every, every freaking show yeah. that to the point i've just skipped them i've skipped all of them i'm, I'm not watching the same match over and over yeah. and over again i refuse i'm waiting for this five on five the the mm-hmm. the best of five series so you got Oromo versus doki who you got doki uh nk hmm. i got Oromo as well he's got to get a win before he versus mustafa ali uh, Bushi versus Takamishinoku, Sano. Takamishinoku. <laughs> Sorry, I need to take these seriously. Sorry. Um, <laughs> She's like, I'm just gonna pick with my heart. I know. Yeah, yeah. Takamichinoku. No, um, yeah, probably Bushi. My heart says Takamichinoku just because I the him pinning Bushi at um <laughs> New Year's Dash was hilarious. NK. Damn the people, the the two pin eaters. Um, <laughs> um, Bushi. You know what? I am gonna go with Takamishinoku because <laughs> I I realized that I have to make this at least even before we get to the main event. And <laughs> this next matchup, I know I'm going with Lij Yoda Suji versus Yuya Yuamura, a rematch from Wrestle Kingdom 18 to keep things even. I'm going with Suji and Nk. Yeah, Suji's gonna get his win back. Sanal? Yeah, Suji, because obviously Umar won at Wrestle Kingdom, then he got that shock pin in the um, five-on-five. Yeah. Then you got Shingo Takagi going one-on-one with Tai Chi. Who you got, Sanal? Why are you going to do this to me? You know what? I love Shingo. I've said this. I know NK is going to preach it, but Tai Chi is my holy emperor, so we're going for Tai Chi. Um, Shingo, of course. Of course. Of course. It's it's the gospel, man. We have to stay on the right side of history. I'm going to go against my beliefs in history, and I'm going to go with Tai Chi because, yes. I, like I said, I need yes. to make the. I'm the only person that paid attention to the numbers, and I'm 2-2 going into the main See, event. It's I think, think Sanal's like 3-1. You're like 3-1. 
You got to make it. It's going to be even, guys. It's going to be 2-2. Two, two. Uh, you can't give was... all the wins to LIJ or to SP3, when have I ever gone with the numbers? I know. It's Why I never get predictions right? It's a Sunday evening and I'm doing a podcast with blasphemers and heretics. <laughs> it's, it's a disgrace. We believe in Shingo. I just believe in getting things right. Um, and then the main event, IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, Tensuya Naito versus Sonata. NK. Yes, clean sweep, Naito for the win. And that is our predictions for the rest of the new beginning card. So we hope that everyone enjoys all that action on NJPW World. We will be back with you at the beginning of March. That will be yeah, our a lot's going to happen by then. Yes. <laughs> After this past month, I'm just like, I'm like, God damn, there's going to be a lot to recap when we get yeah. back in March. Because uh, we'll have <laughs> to recap all those shows that we just preview, as well as any big news. Which And it'll be know, Okada's final matches, aren't they? Okada's well, final matches. Yeah, they haven't been announced for the 23rd and 24th. Any want to do one final prediction? Who do you think he faces? Kill me. That's a desire. That's a that's a need, not a one want. year after he squashed him in the Tokyo Dome. That exactly. would make sense. Umino. I'm Both gonna go one on each day. I'm gonna go with Suji. Mm -hmm. Suji. Why not? Suji. All right. Let us know if we got it right. You can, you'll know before we do. Uh, we'll be back with you on in March for another edition of Ace Techers for Sanal for NK. I'm SP3, and that was Ace Techers. We're out.